Alright legends, welcome back dude to yet another episode of Get Around Me. What a time it is to be alive, truly, okay? Massive tools down energy on today's podcast. I'm about to jet off for a month in Central America. This is the last thing I've got to do before I go tomorrow morning. I'm pumped up. But before I go any further, just a little bit of administration off the rip. Our darling boy, our little man, he's growing up. I can't believe it. It's happening in front of our eyes. Rowan Arneal has a big show in Newcastle this Sunday, July 23. She's doing a split bill with Sean Smith, who's an unbelievable comedian. Go check that out at the Newcastle Comedy Club, July 23 in Newcastle. Get those tickets from Rowan's Instagram bio, rowan.arneal, A-R-N-E-I-L on Instagram, okay? But I don't want Rowan to really hog any more of the spotlight of this podcast right here because it's all about Billy D today. And I know what you're thinking, Bill, you're 245 episodes into a solo podcast. It's always been about you, you psychopathic maniac, okay? And that might be a tautology, but I tell you what, we're brushing past all details today because I'm pumped up. I'm going away for a month tomorrow, Central America, tools down here. This is this podcast is very much like last day of school term and the teacher's just thrown on like Jaws 3, even though the kids are like eight, but he couldn't find any other DVDs. That's the vibe of this pod. We're watching Jaws 3. But, but Bill... I haven't seen the first two. Guess what, brother? It's Jaws. It doesn't fucking matter if you've seen the first two. All you need to know is that sharks are bad and Billy D is about to... He's about to have a bloody good time in an overseas country. And that's all there is to it, okay? I'm going to refrain from referring to myself in the third person as much as I can going forward. But honestly, guys, when I get this excited, it's very hard to avoid. So I will try my best. But yeah, I'm going to, well, you got to go to LA. So I got, I got a night in LA either side of my trip, which I am pumped about, okay? I love LA just for going to watch the stand-up comedy. If you're not really that into stand-up comedy, you're probably not really that into LA. But I love it because, you know, weather's 28, 28 29 degrees on the nose every day. It's got daylight savings. Everyone's drinking ice long blacks, waiting to get discovered, I mean, the town was made for me, okay? It really was made for me. And then at night, you just blaze away and go and see some of the best comedians on the planet for 27 US dollars. And then, do you know what? You'll chuck that into Google. It's about 42, but I tell you what, that's still pretty bloody good. And, and then afterwards, you go, to, you go to In-N-Out Burger and you think, fuck yeah, dude, how good's this? And that's what I love about LA. It's a stand-up town and I'm a stand-up guy. But then, yeah, so we've got to go to LA on the way. But then I'm going to, me and Maka, we're going Mexico, Guatemala and Costa Rica. And then one more night in LA on the way back where I will be engaging in the exact same activities I will engage in on the first night in LA. So... Looking forward to it. Never been to Central America before. I speak no Espanol, but when you're this charismatic, it sort of transcends language. So looking forward to it. 
Mako knows you have beautiful eyes in about 17 different languages. So I'm not sure how that's going to help us when we're getting robbed by four straight men, but I look forward to finding out. And yeah, I mean, it's open slather on this trip, guys. We have one activity booked for the whole trip, and that is a show at the Comedy Store on our very first night. So, (laughs) I mean, me and Mako, we're not like the best planners going around town. Like if I'm getting a bus later today, I will look up what time it's coming, but that's really as far as I'm willing to go. And here's the thing, mate. I could make all these plans for the trip. I could easily bup, 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 get some itinerary out, you know, send an Excel spreadsheet into a group chat like I've had three routes total. But really, I like to get my boots on the ground in a place and get a vibe before I really decide what to do. I like to ask that weird pommy guy with dreadies who's been living at the hostel for two years, what to do. And he's telling you stuff you can't really find on TripAdvisor. So yeah, not exactly a whole lot of stuff planned, but I'm looking forward to to it nonetheless. What about this? I swear to God, guys, this happened just before the podcast. I was looking for like, you know, just shit like your travel money card, stuff you should have looked for weeks ago. You know, passport, also the bag you need to carry your, your clothes in, really key irreplaceable items that I do not have enough time to sort out had I not had them, okay? So I'm looking for all the essentials and there's this black like uh, leather case thing that I used to carry my passport in sometimes and I go, maybe my passport's in here. It wasn't, which you would think would cause me some form of stress, but I knew the passport was around somewhere. I had a vibe. What was in there was 500 cash, okay? I just found 500 Aussie Aussie dollars. Turns out it's been my bedroom the whole time. Maybe for like two or three years. I honestly have no idea where that money's from at all. Uh, The $50 notes have the Aboriginal guy on them. I'm not sure if that's new, but that's the only way I've got of dating this thing. But yeah, just found 500 bucks in my room. So funny. You never know what's going on in your room because... I never look in the drawers. My drawers are sort of, they're their own worlds, you know? I have three top drawers and each of them are their own ecosystem of key and useless possessions. My, my top drawer in my desk has the most pivotal things I need to exist and the most use, useless items I've ever come across in my life, okay? Just receipts from signing into Coffs Harbour RSL clubs years ago and my passport and birth certificate, just all muddled in there together. So I found 500 bonus dollars. The trip is basically free now, okay? Don't do the maths on that. For the love of God, do not do the maths on that. But the trip is free. I'm in the black, okay? I'm pumped up and I can't wait. So should be bloody good. Me and Maka back out on the road. It's a duo the fans love to see. I'll be candid, guys. We will be, there's going to be a fair chunk of the general public at LA International Airport, LAX, as the locals call it, saying, ring-a-ding-ding, you've got the king. A lot of Lord of the Rings 3 signs being held up, if you know what I mean. So I'm very excited. I'll be gone for four weeks. Don't worry, because here at Get Around Me, we always look after you, the listener. If I had my priorities in life written on a piece of paper, it would say, the listener, And then it would say something else second. Okay, so that's an example 
of the sort of priorities we've uh, cultivated here at Get Around Me Studios for not bonus episodes, they're just regulation episodes, but I've recorded four episodes of the pod, special guest episodes, and then one Q&A episode. So I put up on my Instagram story the other day, I'm doing a Q&A. So like a 45-minute Q&A episode and then three special guest episodes. A holiday series, if you will, same as last year. And then when I come back, I will be filled to the fucking brim with yarns. So honestly, it's all looking good. But let me talk about a couple of things here. So last night, I started watching the show alone in preparation for my trip. Not that I'm, you know anticipating anything too negative to happen but if i find myself stranded in the tasmanian wilderness halfway through my central american holiday i now do feel that i will have a fair idea of how to handle myself this show alone i know this is old news i'm sorry okay we all know i'm not really on the cutting edge of a lot of television and film culture i thought barbie came out three weeks ago to be honest from the amount of fucking promo going on, I'm not complaining because I'm a massive Margot Robbie fan and her success is my success, okay? We love Australian talent here at Get Around Me. But I honestly thought that movie came out weeks ago just from the absolute hullabaloo. So I can't believe it's not even out yet and I'm excited to see it, I guess. But yeah, so I never got on this alone show. Rowan was watching it last night. I've given up on The Ultimate Fighter. I just can't... I'm not sure what the point of that show is. I don't think there's many fighters, nor is anyone particularly ultimate on that thing. So unfortunately, I could no longer watch uh, 23-year-old white trash prospects get their head caved in by professional fighters who have had 10 years more experience than them. But never fear, alone is here. And this is the first Australian series, apparently. Tasmania. I've been negative in the past. My hand's up, babe. Okay. This is a breathtaking state, Tasmania. My God, some of the cinematic shots of the rivers and uh, various ecosystems. Ooh, beautiful stuff. Beautiful. So it's a fantastic ad for Tassie. I don't know if tourism's gone up. Research that in your own time. But yeah, it's a really cool show. They're just trying to survive by themselves. And here's the thing is I grew up on Man vs. Wild, so I do consider myself a bit of a survivalist per se. Admittedly, the skills I picked up from Bear Grylls, I would only be able to use them with a producer and a cameraman following me around, handing me muesli bars when when the camera's not filming. So I do fear that on a show like Alone, I would be found out almost immediately. And these guys, the thing I like about Alone is, you know, Bear Grylls, when he went crazy, it was kind of, or if he was in a, a, a sticky situation, as it were, It was kind of like hilarious, which I loved at the time. But looking back, like when Bear Grylls would get bitten by a snake or he got stung by that bee and had that crazy allergic reaction, his his energy was like, oh man, this is crazy, right? Whereas like the energy on alone is like, hmm, this is crazy, right? Like it's a bit more tense. And it's fun though. They they go insane from being by themselves. And honestly, I would. I mean, I've already got a solo podcast. This ego, alone in the wilderness for six days, 
let's say for some reason I make it that long. I don't know what I would be saying to the camera, but I know that SBS would not be able to fucking show a lot of it, okay? Just because I think it would be just too mentally ill. Do you know what I mean? Just a lot of me talking to trees, talk like talking to three different characters, just me recreating like season four of The Office on a riverbank. I reckon I would go nuts. So I love it though. It's good because no matter how nuts they go, they still have the wherewithal to spin the story when they throw in the towel. And like one guy, I swear to, this is honestly like <clears throat> ultimate armchair critic piece of shit stuff from me. And I've only watched like three episodes, but I swear to God, one guy faked a fall to get off the show. And then he literally was like going nuts to the camera, being like, I just can't handle this anymore. I can't find any food. I'm a hunter and there's no animals here. I'm freaking out. And he was like, I, I'm out. I'm done. He calls up the, the the chopper or whatever. I love it when they send in the ex- extraction team on the boat. So sick, dude. If you're going to ex- extract someone, you must extract them via chopper or boat or seaplane. If I call the extraction team and they just rock up in like, a Jeep Wrangler, I'm sorry, I, n- I must be extracted by by air or sea. I'm, I'm not driving out of here in a fucking SBS minivan. I'm not doing it. Chopper me out. <clears throat> sorry, my voice is starting to go a little bit. I've done about <clears throat> 75 podcasts this week because for some reason, I just accidentally turned into like a guy who's ravenous for podcasting this week. Because the last couple of weeks I've been doing those Ashes podcasts and we had about three Ashes tests in about three days. <clears throat> and then then we had, uh, and then I've been re- pre-recording these holiday episodes. So I've done about nine podcasts in the last two weeks and, and I've been, I've been, had a bad slide back on the cigarettes. So I think, you know, two and two. My voice is no good, but uh, the extraction team, bup, bup, bup. oh yeah. So this guy, he's like, I can't find any food. I'm done. I'm done. Okay. Get me out of here. And then when the extraction team rock up, cause he had a fall earlier, he's like, guys, my knee's just gone. I, I could totally keep going. It's just my knee. And then he's on the boat. He's like, I'm just so disappointed. This opportunity was taken away from me. I don't get to show Australia what I'm made of. Like, as soon as he saw, he was going nuts, being like, get me the fuck out of here, standing up. And then as soon as the extraction team rocks up and you see another person, you saw him just snap into like, oh, fuck, uh, safe face, safe face. Another guy, like, was just struggling. He was like, I just, I can't be alone for this long, which I actually thought was a crazy admission because everyone says it's a sign of mental stability or mental strength to be alone for long periods but i tell you what you know people in the city or whatever we fucking go for a walk by ourselves and carry on like we're sort of zen gurus or something can anyone honestly know what would be rolling around the old top paddock six days on the trot no food you're fucking freezing dude i don't know how i'd go either and uh and he he spun it though he said 
He said, I just have to be around other people. Maybe, maybe my big fault is caring for others too much, which was, you know, a fantastic spin from him. But I will say the thing about alone is that blew me away is like food doesn't matter like at all for the first week. Like the ones that are doing well, that they're not even looking for food yet. I was, I was, I have been giving food so much credit over the years. I was under the impression it was like neck and neck with water. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's like, what's more important, food or water? I would say water, but food's in the conversation for me. Do you know what I mean? Like, it does, it's a discussion at the very least. It turns out food doesn't matter at all, guys. I don't want to get too freak anyone out after watching two episodes of Alone but like four four or five of them they're seven days in they haven't even looked for food yet or they have and it but they're like they're not even stressed they haven't found it one guy seven days into not eating anything said yeah it's probably getting to that point where I would I would like to get some food if possible that was his tone right my tone, if I skip lunch by accident, is like, everyone shut the fuck up. I don't, no one talk to me until I have my next meal. Like, I thought if you didn't eat for like a day and a half, you were just dead. I cannot believe, do you know what I mean? Is this not blowing anyone's mind? How little food matters in this survival show. Like, one guy, he's doing the worst and he's had the most food. He had a fish four days in. And then he had another fish four days later. And he's freaking out. He's about to quit. Meanwhile, uh, like this chick and and uh, two other guys and another woman, they haven't eaten anything for seven days. And they're like, yeah, I'm thinking about maybe eating something soon. But it's like an afterthought almost. I am blown away by one of the uh, one woman came in with 30 kilos to lose. And she's like seven days in now. And she's like, She's got like Spider-Man eyes. She's like, yeah, I've twitched over in ketosis now. I'm like ready to go. So look, I'm not going to I'm not going to sit here and pretend to know what any of this means, but I think we need to look into food a bit more because what what what's going on as far as three meals a day? This chick's had one meal in the last she hasn't had a meal in 7 days. And she's putting together a fucking shed out of wood, okay? Like, if I miss my morning coffee, I can't even unlock my iPhone. I just burst into tears. So, is that me being one of the softest city pieces of shit of all time? Or have I been misled by big food? Have I been just a victim of the marketing of food? This, what it turns out to be, a pretty unnecessary substance for our survival. This one guy said he's, he's willing to be hungry for like 20 days. Three weeks, yeah? Look, okay. I've clearly spiraled out on this particular detail. And I apologize. But yeah, I was pretty blown away by that. A lot of guys making too many bold statements on this show like four days in as well. Mate, one guy who's a Christian, as soon as he lands, he goes like, on God. I win or I'll be medivaced out of here. That is my solemn vow. It's like, brother, I don't know. Why don't we just try and catch a fish first before we throw down on God? 
Do you know what I mean? Like, just seems like a big statement to make. But yeah, it turns out shelter is more important than food, which I was blown away by. Dude, honestly, first day, I spend the whole day fishing and then I would freeze to death first night. I'm out, okay? Turns out shelter matters. I would have thought shelter would have like, I thought it would have gone like water, food, water, food, more food, try and get tomorrow's food if you can, then have a look at shelter. So it's an interesting show. But anyway, sorry about that. Let's get into some yarns because I got, I got hella yarns this week. Okay, so I really regret talking so much about that show alone that I just started watching last night because I actually have ripping yarns this week. So Friday night, pumped up. I went to see Ruby Fields, Hockey Dad and Dear Seattle at the Enmore Theatre. Three bands I love. I would have I would have paid 80 bucks to see Dear Seattle by themselves at the Enmore Theatre. And they were opening for Ruby Fields and Hockey Dad, who were co-headlining. It was called Hockey Fields, the tour. A hilarious play on their both on both of their names. Firstly, dude, normalize co-headlining. Because that was sick. 80 bucks, you get to see Hockey Dad and Ruby Fields together. And Dear Seattle opened. Mate, that is a that is a ripping $80 ticket in my mind. But yeah, so um, going with two of my cousins and a few of their friends, get to the pub early in Newtown. I am like revved up, yeah? Like just revved. And I get to, get to the pub early, having a beer. It's one of those pubs where they let dogs in. I love that, okay? This one dog came and just started, it sat next to me. I think it knew I was by myself. Honestly, I think this dog was like maybe a social worker or something. So, and this guy came up to me uh, and he said, Bill, mate, what's going on? Love the podcast. And I said, mate, appreciate that. And then he was like, is this your dog? And I said, it's not. And he said, oh, it just knows you need a friend, mate. And I said, ha, 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 yeah. And we laughed. Okay, we laughed. I will say though, 15 minutes later, my friend still hadn't arrived, right? I'm sitting here solo, trying to be a man, not look at my phone, okay? Anyone anyone can go to the pub by themselves buried in their phone. It takes a man to sit up straight and not be embarrassed by the fact that everyone thinks you're a loser in your own mind. But anyway, 15 minutes later, this guy walks past. He goes, anyway, Bill, I'm off. Nice to meet you. And he goes, don't worry, mate. I'm sure they'll turn up soon, like hell sincere. And I was like, dude, <laughs> I like they they rocked in like two minutes later. I almost ran out the front of the pub to find that guy and be like, "See, see, I told you I've got mates." Okay, <laughs> but anyway, so my cousins rock up. Great to see the lads. Meet a few of their friends from Canberra. Lovely to meet them. My cousin is like, "Oh yeah, I've got a massive day tomorrow. I'm actually driving." I go, "Mate, no worries at all, brother. You know, it's your life. You do you. You do you, boo." As, as they say, I'm thinking, fucking hell, okay, might have misread this. My coat is filled to the brim with weed and mushrooms. I thought this was going to be like just an all-in crazy session. I failed to text anyone ahead of time that I was bringing a pretty prosecutable amount of drugs to this festival or concert, I should say. So I said, right, okay. I go to my other cousin. I go, mate, any interest on these mushies? He goes, absolutely not. I go, okay, no worries. <laughs> it's I have massively misread the vibe on this. So that's fine. I'm still, you know, in there like swimwear. All you can do is your best. 
blaze one with my cousin beforehand. We roll in. This is how serious I am about this holiday that's coming up. I didn't even buy merch. I'm ashamed to say. I am ashamed to even say it out loud on the pod. I did not buy merch, okay? Just because saving a bit of coin for this trip. Anyway, head on in. Obviously, I took the mushrooms. You know, it's it's none of my business what anyone else gets up to. But in my mind, I don't know why, but in my mind, we were all taking mushrooms at this concert, even though I didn't speak to anyone about it. Okay? So, it's a failure of communication on my part, and I take full responsibility. At the same time, we can't sort of, we can't change the past. We can only live in the present. And in this particular version of the present, I've rolled in with a fair amount of mushrooms in my pocket. So down those, watch uh, Dear Seattle. They were fantastic. Fantastic. Okay. Uh, they played the Leica version of the special too. Oh, it was so good. They closed on daytime TV, my favorite song. Loved it, loved it, loved it. Ruby Fields comes comes out. The mushrooms come out a little bit. Chugging along there. Dude, Ruby Fields, I'm sorry, but she's a national treasure. I have nothing else to say. She's phenomenal live. I feel the same way about Ruby Fields, the same way I feel about like Usman Khawaja, Haley Razzo, trying to think who else, you know, the late great Shane Warne, I suppose. Although I'd never want to compare anyone to Warney. That's not fair to them. But yeah, like, you know, Usman Khawaja, Haley Razzo, they, like these sort of just Australians I love, you know? <clears throat> Dude, my voice is breaking. I know it sounds like I'm about to cry over Ruby Fields, but as I explained earlier, I don't have much of a voice left. But yeah, Ruby Fields is just national treasure. She smashed. And I was saying this to my cousin, Brendan, and I could tell he was not really vibing it but i reckon okay if anyone was there hold me to this i reckon it was the best lighting i've ever seen at a concert at the enmore theater or maybe even just seen a band full stop right up there i think it was the best lighting i've ever seen now admittedly i was on mushrooms so i was telling my cousin brendan i was like mate this lighting is incredible and i could tell his vibe was kind of like yeah yeah okay brother you know we got old old hallucinogen Harry over here at the IMAX Super Cinema. So I'm, I can't confirm nor deny what they look like to someone who was not on mushrooms, but I swear down, bruv, you know? I'm like that guy in Alone, one minute into the, into the concert, on God, these are the best lights I've ever seen in my life, okay? And I'm not saying, I wasn't looking at them going like, whoa, there's rainbows moving everywhere. They weren't psychedelic or anything. They were just normal lights, but I'm telling you, if if you have seen hockey fields on this tour, get in my inbox if you are these lights because I reckon they were unbelievable. But anyway, so the mushrooms start to crank, okay? You know, with these sorts of things, it's one of those things where you're like, sweet, I'm having the best time, having the best time, I'm having the best time. We could probably just stop here, actually. The, the time I'm having right now is perfect. But then the mushrooms are like, hey, brother, we're at about a four out of 10 right here. You know, you're on the express train to Parramatta and we're not stopping any time before then. So half, I will say that uh, in between Ruby Fields and Hockey Dad, uh, me and Brendan went to the bathroom. I'll say this, I am not a famous person, okay? I am not uh, famous or particularly well-known, but sometimes I get recognized for comedy. 
Sometimes, not often, but sometimes. I will say, if you ever want to pretend you're famous for a night, go to the Enmore Theatre on Mushrooms, and all of a sudden, it turns into like the fucking Billy Darcy meet and greet. I've never been recognized so much in my life. It was a truly harrowing experience. Like, every couple of minutes, someone would come up to me and be like, Billy, what's going on? I'd be like, brother, fucking heaps, to be honest, okay? I've really got my plate full here without meeting any new people. So, yeah, pretty much the most recognized I've ever been in my life as I was tripping. Lot to deal with there, okay? I think I handled it like a gentleman. I did have to get some fresh air during Hockey Dad's set because these mushies did start to push me around a little bit. And it was one of those things because no one else was on them. So it's like if Macca or Adzi were there or something, you could be like, fucking hell, mate. These mushies are starting to push me around a little bit. And then they're like, yeah, me too. Way. And then it's sort of a one in all in thing. But because I was the only one who took them, I felt that I was maybe missing that support network. So I did have to go outside and get some fresh air at one point. Just be like, Poof, okay. But yeah, Hockey Dad were unbelievable. And, uh, and yeah, sickest night ever. Afterwards, uh, my cousin Brendan was like, we've got to go to uh, this after party. He's like, Ruby Fields is going to be there. I'm like, yeah, mate, but she's not going to be hanging out with us. Like, I think he thought Ruby Fields would be like having beers with us at the table or something, but I'm sure she has her own friends. And we ended up going to the Newtown Hotel till about 2, 2.30 and the mushrooms backed off. I, I came back on. Beautiful, dude. Schooners, schooners, schooners. Had the time of my life. Next morning, I wake up. Now, this one is going to take a little bit of explaining. So just stick with me here. Again, I can only apologize for how long I spoke about the TV show Alone that aired six months ago. But here we go. This one is going to just bear with me. So a couple of months ago, my mate messages me saying, hey, I've got some pommy mates in Sydney. They want to do this elaborate prank at a Bucks party and they need like a comedian or an actor to do it. Like, would you be interested? They'll pay you like a few hundred bucks. I go, whatever, sure. It's one of those things where like, you know, what's today? June, July, July 18, I think, or 19. It's July 19 today. It's one of those things where it's like, do you want to do this weird thing in like, October will give you 400 bucks. It's like, yeah, sure. Why wouldn't I want $400 in October? Well, anyway, so I wake up after this fucking massive night. Guess where I have to be at 1 p.m.? I wake up at quarter to 12. Most hungover man in Australia. I have to go to this pub, right? To this Bucks party. So let me explain what I've entangled myself in here. So these Pommy guys have enlisted me, right? They're on this Bucks party and they have flown the Bucks best friend over from England. Secretly, the Buck does not know he's coming. And this is classic Pommy shit. They love stag dudes. They love pranking each other. Yeah. It's actually, I, I vibe it. It's, it's good fun stuff. And these blokes were great blokes. They were texting me and we had a FaceTime call during the week. So what the deal was, the I had to get to the pub at like 1, at like 1.30, um... So I get there at one and I meet the guy who's flown over from England to surprise the buck in the pokies room. And we're waiting for the bucks party to come from another pub to Vic on the park. Okay. So 
I have a couple of beers with this pommy guy who's the surprise guest, which was kind of weird because we just met each other at the pub and I was so hungover, but he bought me a couple of beers, um, which was nice of him. And we had a bloody laugh. He turned out just to be an absolute legend. Mate, pommy blokes, as long as they're just sort of fucking one bit normal, you're usually fine. They're always a good laugh. So I have a a couple of beers with him. Now, here's the deal. The Bucks party rocks up. There is a monkey suit there, right? The surprise guy gives me the monkey suit. I have to go out with the monkey suit and do this like charade acting speech thing where the Bucks there, he's dressed up in a fucking tutu or whatever. There's about 20 blokes on this Bucks party. Stand up on this stool. I say, all right, lads. G'day, everyone. My name's Billy. I'm a comedian slash actor. So obviously I'm lying there. But I've been enlisted by the, you know, the best man or whatever to dress up in this monkey suit for the afternoon. It's a full monkey suit, like head to toe. And I will be handcuffed to the buck for the next three hours. Okay. All the boys are loving it. You know, Pommy's chahooing everywhere like, oh, fucking hell, mate. This is well good. You know, a lot of that sort of stuff like, oh, tea and crumpets. I can't believe it. <laughs> like, you know, just Pommy guys being heaps Pommy, you know, flipping their fucking lids, Postman Pat shit. And so they're like, we can't believe it. I tell a couple of zingers, whatever. I set down a few ground rules. So I'm like, you can't like no one touch me or fucking push me over or anything. Uh, no, I'm not going to be talking. I'm going to be pretending to be a monkey the whole time. I'm going method. Yeah. Like, and I'm just going to be a monkey for the rest of the afternoon. Okay. So I hope everyone, I hope I'm explaining this well. So then I go into the bathroom where the guy who they've flown in from England is waiting for me in one of the cubicles. Now, then I go in, I hand him the monkey suit. He dresses up as the monkey. I go in the other cubicle they walk the guy in the monkey suit back out and they cuff him to the buck. So now the buck has this guy in a monkey suit handcuffed to him, but he thinks it's Sydney stand-up comedian Billy Darcy. Then after about an hour, they do a big reveal that it's actually his best mate from England who's been handcuffed to him the whole time. What a crazy elaborate prank. Apparently, so, and then when he went back out in the monkey suit, I slipped out the front door. So, not a bad way to make a buck just quietly, but, uh, but yeah, so that was that. There is no punchline there, but they do the prank. Apparently, it went off great. Beautiful. Yeah. So, that is the end of the story. I hope I explained it correctly, but that was my Saturday from like 1 p.m. to 2 p.m., just so hungover. Um, and then, yeah, so that was bizarre, but super fun, really good guys as well. Um, and then, and they were like, you got to come out with us later. But I had a gig and also like, I don't know about like flying into a bucks at like eight, 9 PM, you know, like bunch of pommy guys on gear or whatever. Like, I don't know. Like, it's just like you do you, do you know what I mean? So a lot of fun, great guys. And Anyway, so I get home, Triple J Hottest 100 Leica version is playing, I am vibing the hell out of that, I had to do a podcast, unfortunately, because I'm a professional podcaster now for some reason, so I had to do a podcast, I almost wanted to tell my guests to fucking forget the podcast, 
grab a beer because I was having so much fun listening to the Leica versions. And the YouTube live stream they did, I had it up on the telly. Great idea. Great idea. Loved it. Okay. Um, anyway, so then Saturday night, I opened for Rory Lowe. Party boy Rory Lowe, who was on this podcast a couple weeks ago promoting said tour. I opened for him at Kinsella's. Freaking unreal. I rock up. I think I'm doing like a gentleman's five minutes. I'll be candid. I've had a couple of beers in the afternoon. And so I'm like ready to roll. It's like packed out, sold the fuck out. Very attractive audience, Rory's audience. Not as hot as mine, of course. You're, you're People who come to my shows, you know who you are. You're the sortiest people I've ever met. And anyway, Rory's like, yeah, can you do like 20 minutes? I go, of course I can. It's going to take some some mental switching up from me as far as uh, the task at hand. I'm going to have to really G up a little bit here, but that's okay. I G up, I slow down, and what was my sixth beer for the afternoon? And I'm ready to go, dude. I'm a consummate professional. I go up there. Rory's audience is so sweet. He brings me on. So it's basically, it's a, it's a format I'm not familiar with, but he walks up, thanks everyone for coming, brings me on. I do 20 minutes. Then we take a break. I got walked off in an applause break. But then we do a break, right? And then Rory, and then I bring Rory on and he does his solo show. And his show was fantastic. Um, go catch it if you're if you're out there. He's added a heap of shows and it was really great. Um, partied very hard afterwards. Okay. If you're gonna open for party boy Rory Lowe, heads up, you gotta party with the party boy. And it was so much fun. We had a great time. I left at like literally 4.30 or 5 a.m., like something ridiculous. Too late for a beautiful young boy from the north. And yeah, I got a chicken tikka kebab on the way home. Guys, I am honestly addicted to chicken tikka kebabs. I don't know. Honestly, gun to my head, if you said, Bill, do you think uh, nicotine or chicken tikka kebabs you it like has more of a grip on you? I honestly would have to think about it. That's where I'm at with these things. Like, I swear to God, every gig I do in Sydney, I'm walking home, there's chicken tikka kebabs available. I can't stop. Plus, I'm I'm getting there with barn mees as well. Between barn mees and chicken tikka kebabs, I am I am lucky to not be like 140 kilos because I have a problem. I'm telling you, if there is a foreigner in this country rolling food into a cylinder, I want to hear about it and I want to taste it immediately. I'm, I'm literally, my palate is being treated left and right. And while I am putting on weight, probably I can't stop. So I'll have to put a pin in that while I'm overseas. But yeah, it's something I really do have to look at. And yeah, unfortunately, I did end up having pretty much one of the biggest weekends in recent time, like four days before my holiday, which will be no doubt quite aggressive. But these things happen sometimes. So that was my weekend. Hope you enjoyed those yarns because I enjoyed telling them. <laughs> this podcast is brought to us by our mates at Manscaped. If you haven't heard already, it's a smooth sack summer, lads. When you're playing in the summer sun, make sure you're scaped from pubes to bum. That's right. This is the summer to keep your balls cool while still looking hot with Manscaped. The leaders in below-the-waist grooming are making sure we all have a ball this summer by giving our pants partners everything they need to stay fresh. Dive headfirst into Smooth Sack Summer by going to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping with our code DARCY. 
That's D-A-R-C-Y, all capitals, for 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. Okay? The thing about these Manscaped products, guys, is the bloody ease of mind, you know? I'm going to be taking my lawnmower 4.0 overseas. I don't want to be bleeding out in a Costa Rican hostel shower because of the faultiness of my grooming products. And that's the beautiful thing about Manscaped. With the skin safe technology, reduces nicks. You don't have to bloody worry. On the go, you can take it all over the bloody world with you. Fits in your toiletries bag. Can't speak highly enough. And you can get the Lawnmower 4.0 as part of the Performance Package 4.0. That is everything you need to prepare that summer bod. They have built the ultimate grooming bundle for your summer grooming experience. It includes the aforementioned Lawnmower which features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin-safe technology. It has a 7,000 RPM motor, a new multi-lock function, which can engage a travel lock, and gives you the ability to turn the 4,000K LED spotlight on for a more precise shave. And guess what, babe? It's waterproof too. So beach, lake, or shower, it is on. Now that you have the perfect haircut, you must, must, must use Manscaped's liquid formulations to keep that freshness even at the hottest summer barbecues. Most importantly, use the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant to stay cool in the heat. With a soothing aloe vera formula, it's the best in the business for below-the-waist freshness. So get 20% off and free shipping with the code DARCY, that's D-A-R-C-Y, at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code DARCY, D-A-R-C-Y, at manscaped.com. It's smooth sack summer, boys, so get on board or get left behind. Okay, guys, a couple of things to finish here. Again, I can only apologize for the length of that alone segment. I thought I would just touch on it for a moment, if I may. Number one rule of Get Around Me is that I talk for the longest about stuff that doesn't matter, nor do I really know anything about it. And then the segments where I'm like, this will be sick, I end up running out of time. But nevertheless got those yarns in which was the main thing from this week just a couple things to finish here the commonwealth games controversy now i know you're thinking bill there's controversy surrounding the commonwealth games is it possibly the fact that they're still fucking going is that the controversy and while that is a fantastic guess that is not the answer today controversially victoria has backflipped on their successful bid to host the 2026 Commonwealth Games. I honestly didn't know Victoria was hosting the 2026 Commonwealth Games, but it turns out the state has too much debt. Dan Andrews, I mean, this guy, Dan Andrews, he's in the news, this fella. He is in the news. I personally like to keep a strong policy of not knowing what the premiers of any other state are, who they are. Honestly, I was under the sort of, I'm not even sure they have the same governmental system as New South Wales. I thought we were all sort of just running our own race. Maybe Queensland was like a dictatorship. Victoria is like communism. I'm not sure. I I thought everyone was just sort of vibing it out. Okay. I don't want to know what the premiers from other states are up to. I don't even, even know they exist. But this guy, Dan Andrews, old prison warden Dan, as they call him, he's back in the news again. So they've backflipped on the Commonwealth Games because the state is in too much debt. And originally, it was estimated the Games would cost $2.6 billion to host 
and is now costing $7 billion, which is a significant increase. Okay, do the maths in your own time. And now the Commonwealth Games Federation is looking at suing the Victorian state government. Okay, so it's a big hullabaloo. It's a massive hullabaloo. Apparently, like with the Gold Coast, when they had the Commonwealth Games, it cost like something like $2 million or something or maybe not. No, that doesn't make sense. $2 million. That's nothing. $1.6 billion is what it cost on the Gold Coast. And this is extremely expensive, this Games, because they've insisted on hosting it in regional Victoria in four regional cities like Bendigo, Ballarat, Gippsland and Geelong. I didn't know Geelong was its own city, but there you go. I don't really know where Geelong is. I've never been. But so this costs a lot more apparently because they wanted like four separate Commonwealth Games villages and it's sort of to stimulate the local regional economy. I'm trying to form an opinion on this as I talk about it, but I might have bitten off more than I could chew here because I just don't give a fuck about the Commonwealth Games. We like Australia should not bid on the Commonwealth Games anymore. Haven't we had like three of them in the last two decades? Too much Commonwealth Games. Imagine like you're living in like one of these towns. And you're like, yes, we're finally getting some help from our state government. And they're like, guess what? The discus is coming. <laughs> is the state government under the impression that discus and pole vault and equestrian is going to like bring thousands upon thousands of people into these cities? I'm sure it will bring some people. Don't look into that too much. But I I will say on the plus side, if I was like a a single person in Gippsland and I've been hitting on the same chick called Kate for four years and she continues to rebuff my advances, all of a sudden, you know, uh, all sorts of different athletes from all over the world here on a holiday in the Gippsland Commonwealth Games Village, fuck yeah, dude, spice up the nightlife a bit. All of a sudden, you're hitting on some South African pole vaulter. That's a bit of a vibe, okay? But yeah, they've backflipped on this. It's a bad look, apparently. People are saying it's a terrible look. The Olympic Committee head said it was a disgrace to sport in Australia. I really don't believe that most Olympic sports are, in fact, that sports. I think, honestly, this is probably a shithouse call from Dan. But at the same time, if it's between funding the pole vault and getting that great state back on its feet, I mean, who gives a fuck? Who is honestly angry about this? The Commonwealth Games. Anyone who's angry about the Commonwealth Games in Victoria getting cancelled, you have to first admit to me you never knew it was on. I feel like this Commonwealth Games that Victoria booked, it's kind of like when you you click attending on a Facebook event for one of your friend's going away parties, and then like two days beforehand, you get a notification saying... Let Jason know you're going to his going away party on Sunday. And it's like, oh no. (laughs) And then you click on the Facebook event and it's just seven people going and two of them are his cousins. And you're like, oh God. Oh no, I didn't. I, I can't, I can't go. And then you have to tell Jason, hey brother, I'm sorry. I've just looked up an Uber to get to whatever shithouse bar you're having this thing at. And estimated costs have been blown out of the water, brother. I wish you the best on your 10-day trip to Bali. For me personally, I don't, I don't feel that it warrants a farewell. Separate issue, okay? But that's what I feel like has been here. It's kind of like 
you know, it's like when Hughesy bet on that, uh, he bid on that house on the block for a bit of a laugh and then no one could outbid him because he's a multi-millionaire. And then he had to go home and tell his wife that he just bought a $3 million house on a television show because he went, he walked the dog one day and got a bit bored. I feel like that's the the Victorian government with this Commonwealth Games. It's like, fuck, this was, this was fun two years ago when it was hypothetical. So... Apparently, it's an embarrassment to Australian sport. I think it's honestly embarrassing to bid on such an irrelevant event full stop. So I honestly think this is a big win for Australia and uh, and the great state of Victoria. So congratulations down south. Now, a couple of things just to finish. Just want to speak briefly about the Ashes. Unfortunately, guys, there will be no more Ashes recaps from me. One thing I'm actually very anxious about my trip is that I'm going to miss the Ashes and the whole Women's World Cup. Now, I will endeavor to watch both, but, you know, it can be such a fuck around when you're overseas trying to, like, get stuff up and nowhere plays it and, you know, your IP address and all this sort of shit. So I will be trying my best to watch as much action as possible. Uh, but, like, I'm flying during the Matildas' first game. So I'd like to just talk about the Ashes and the Matildas uh, to end us here on this here podcast. But yeah, no more Ashes recaps, unfortunately, though I've very much enjoyed them and I've got a lot of good feedback on them. So I'll probably continue to do test match recaps going forward. But yeah, so we've just named our side like this morning. Warner retains his spot. I looked at the comments. People are carrying on about Dave Warner. Oh, how does Warner still have a spot? How do we still have Dave Warner? David Warner should buy a lottery ticket. And here's the thing, dude. I don't disagree that, yeah, Davey Warner, there's a fair chance that Stuart Broad gets him out twice again this test match. What I'm not hearing is anyone saying who should replace him. I'm not seeing any comments saying Marcus Harris should replace him. I'm not seeing any comments saying Matt Renshaw should replace him. I'm not seeing any comments that Mitch Marsh should replace him, uh, opening the top of the batting. No one knows who should replace David Warner because it's a simple fact we don't have anyone. And if it's a choice between one of the all-time greatest Australian opening test batsmen of all time, a true champion, a true champion, okay, yeah, he's a bit of a grub, yeah, okay, if that's what this is about, cards on the table, he's a bit of a grub, okay, but he's still a true champion, and if it's between an absolute legend of the game who's had a bit of a rough trot, and literally no one, a non-existent person... I'm going to pick David Warner every day of the week. So Davey plays all five, set it from the start. Now we've picked Cam Green and Mitch Marsh and dropped Todd Murphy. Look, I don't love this, but whatever, okay? I don't love it, but I don't hate it. I don't love it, but I don't know why. It's very much a vibes-based feeling from me. Call me old school, I just like to have a spinner, okay? I'm a big Todd Murphy guy. I think he's very good. I think, yeah, he didn't get bowled a lot in the third test match. But now, I don't know. I think it's a thing for me that I'm high on Murphy and I'm mildly low on Cam Green, okay? Cam Green is now coming into the team to bat seven and bowl even less overs than he was already bowling, which was not many. He doesn't swing the ball, really. Mitch Marsh does. Alex Carey's batting eight now. I mean, Kerry's gone, he hasn't really done anything, but he digs in out there. I don't know. He's, are we expecting Cam Green to get more runs at seven than at six? 
because he didn't look like scoring a run at six. I'm not sure, okay? All I'm saying is that if Cam Green fails twice here and we've got to bring Todd Murphy in at 2-0 in the biggest test match of all time, I'll be interested to see how much Pat Cummins bowls him at that point, okay? I personally would have played Murphy. I think Mitch Marsh stays at six. I love Cam Green as much as ever, anyone, okay? I love Cam Green. This golden ticket he's got, I don't know if like he has walked in on George Bailey doing something horrific in his private life, but this golden ticket that Cam Green has to just play every test match ever, no prediction from me. I still think we should win one of the next two test matches, okay? If we don't, it will be a gross failure from us. So not sure about the selection of Cam Green and Marsh. This wasn't really that banterous, but there are just some thoughts there. I'll get out of this. Uh, the project for this week, obviously, it's the Matildas. We start tomorrow night against Ireland. If you have never watched a game of soccer in your life, start tomorrow night. If you're a fully-fledged Australian, start tomorrow night, okay? I know who Jessica Fox is. If you don't, Jessica Fox does the canoe slalom in the Olympics. How do I know that? Because I'm a fully-fledged Australian, and I saw that she was a fully-fledged Australian competing on the world stage who needed support. So that's exactly what I did. I now follow her on Instagram. I look forward to the next Olympics. I don't care if you don't like soccer or football. I don't care what you think. This is a massive moment for Australian sport. Get on the Tillys train massively. Our team is so sexy. And I'm not talking about the appearance of the players. Okay. Although many of them are also physically attractive. I don't want to veer off uh, in this sort of just brief little demo, but I, w I will say that the Matildas on the wings, it's just, it's beautiful, okay? It's absolutely beautiful. Ellie Carpenter and Razzo on one, on one side, probably the right-hand side, right back, right wing. And then you got Steph Catley, Courtney Vine on the left. Dude, it's absolutely face-melting speed. And then we got the freaking female goat, Sam Kerr, with she could vertical leap over a four-story building waiting in the box. So we're a dangerous team. We're going to score a lot of goals this tournament. And I'm pumped up, dude, because I don't know that much about football and I don't know that much about the Matildas specifically. But I remember when I first got into Matildas during the Olympics, I was blown away when like off the bench, like just like four like 18-year-olds would come on. They're like, here comes Mary Fowler. She's 11. You know, here comes Courtney Vine. She plays for Sydney FC and she's 21. Here comes all, all these all these players who I'm like, I've never heard of them. And they're like 19. And some of them are still playing in the A-League. That was two, three years ago. Now, boom. The side looks so settled, dude. So settled. I would liken the Matildas World Cup squad to Australia's Ashes squad in that it kind of picks itself, you know? So looking forward to it. i got to be candid, guys. i got to get to work. So I do have to leave, but this podcast, it's just gotten way out of, it's way out of control. It's gone a lot longer than I thought, and I don't really have anything to say about the Matildas other than just support them, and we could see something truly historic here. Um, Freddie was telling me he's got tickets to the quarterfinal, if everything goes right, it will be England and Australia 
in one of the quarterfinals or semifinals, I think. So that'll be unreal. And yeah, if we play a World Cup final on Australian soil, it's going to be pretty much the biggest sporting moment in Australian history. That's why I'm so anxious because I feel like it's going to be one of those where are you now moments and I'll be in fucking Costa Rica. But I tell you what, dude, I will, I'll be watching that at all costs. So go the Matildas, go the Aussies, go everyone. Catch you later, guys. I'll see you in four weeks. Love ya. Way too long, way too long. Yeah, and I can see the ground now, I'm way too